Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Rebecca Mazzino and with me is Tara Tuttle and together we are going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. Hi and welcome to this week's episode. This week we are talking all about decision making and with me I have Adele Spragan. She is an award-winning author, a thought leader and an international speaker and trainer. She's been awarded the 2020 Woman of Inspiration Award, and in 2021, she was also recognized as a top behavioral expert of the year. She's got a great book out, uh, which I've read, called Shift, Four Steps to Personal Empowerment, and that book has won three awards and is now sweeping the globe, transforming the way that people are setting and achieving their goals. So she is the perfect person to be chatting about decision-making with me today. So welcome, Adele. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Tara. Happy to be here. So I want to talk all about decision-making because it's so integral to to everything, but it's something that we talk about a lot with reference to clutter and our decisions to bring things in and to let things go. And some people really struggle with decision-making. And it it has a potential to derail us even when we've got really strong willpower. So before we go you know, head first into talking all about decisions and decision-making. Let's learn a little bit about you. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your life and your career? Sure, I'd love to. Um, I've been in the personal development industry for, oh gosh, over 30 years now. And for the beginning part of that, so for the first 15 or so years, I was um, coaching and doing my own methodology, very similar to what traditional methods teach us on the market, that we have willpower, that we should be able to control the actions that we take, um, that proper goal setting. Once you know those goals, then you have to find out the steps to get to those goals. And all you have to do is follow it and voila, you should be there. Mm-hmm. And I honestly believe this. And I spent much of my early career teaching this. And then I realized after a while, wait a minute, I'm really, really struggling, really struggling. It didn't matter how much positive thinking I was doing, how well I set goals. I had a terrible habit of quitting. So I wanted my own business and I started three businesses and I quit three of them, one after the other. I was having terrible panic attacks, extreme anxiety most days, and I couldn't get it under control no matter how much I tried. And so I thought, all right, maybe I'm not the only one. So I started to interview the people that I was coaching. I was a lead coach in one of the top industries. And I started asking them, you know, just between you and me, how well are you doing? And about 25% of them, Tara, were reaching their goals. And they said, great. And then the rest of them were going, well, sometimes, sometimes not. Like, you know, I'm struggling here. And, and a lot of them were like me, just unable to get ahead. And so I thought, okay, it's not us. At this point, I had done enough personal development to realize that there must be something off with the way that we are being taught to do personal development. So I took myself to university and I started to study how does this human brain of ours make decisions? How does it work? And sure enough, I discovered, yes, we are using what I like to say is the wrong operating instructions. So based on this knowledge, I created new ones. And I've been teaching that for the last 10 years. And the difference is remarkable, absolutely remarkable. Um, Today, 87% of the people that I coach that are my participants get 
a success, success at their goals, 87% compared mm. to the 25% success rate that we were getting before. So I, you know, this method is now, as you said, it's really sweeping the globe because it really works at a very deep level based on how our brain works and not based on how we think our brain works, which is a difference. Yeah, I love that. The wrong operating instructions. That's such a nice way to think about it. Like it, it makes sense. So, okay, let's, let's talk about decision making specifically. Because on the podcast, we often talk about delaying decisions or decision fatigue and those being one of the reasons that people become overwhelmed with clutter because sometimes they can't decide where to put something, they can't decide whether to keep it or let it go. And then maybe once they've made the decision to let something go, they can't decide where they're sending it. Are they recycling it? Are they putting it in the trash? Are they going to sell it? And that poor decision making you know system or fatigue I guess kind of keeps them stuck in that overwhelming place and it it becomes really unhelpful so I'd love you to talk to us a little bit about decision making specifically as you understand it and why some of us find it hard to make decisions or avoid making them altogether. Yeah so in order to understand decisions we have to understand how the human brain makes a decision. So let's look at how this human brain of ours works. And let's look first at where this human brain is inside the body. So it is inside what I like to say is a dark and silent room. It's within a skull that has no access to the outside world. And that's really important to know. Because what the brain is always doing is it's interpreting the sensory data that it receives through the senses. And it has to interpret that data based on patterning. So the brain creates patterns. I like to say human beings are pattern makers. That is what we do. And once we have a pattern stored in our brain, it is that pattern that makes the decision on our behalf. So because we don't actually have access to the outside world, we base much of our decisions, in fact, almost all of our decisions, on past created patterns. So once we have a pattern that takes an action, that pattern will continue to take that action over and over and over again. And frankly, I'm going to say something that may sound a little scary at first. That pattern doesn't care whether it's logical or good. It just takes the same action. Mm. And that's the design of the human brain. And that's what gets us into trouble. Because until we know that, we keep thinking that we should be able to control and use willpower to change the actions that we're taking. And willpower, frankly, is overrated. It doesn't work because the pattern is taking an action and that action is originating in the unconscious regions of the brain. The conscious mind is catching up to an action that's already underway, I like to say. Mm -hmm. So it's really important that we start to work with our patterns rather than working with, let me change my decision. Right. So where do the patterns come from then? Can you give us some examples? Yeah. So the human brain isn't born with patterns. Unlike other animals that are born instinctively knowing what to do, we have to learn everything. And so we come into this world pretty much a blank slate. Every situation that a person encounters, the brain takes the action that was taken at the first time that that action was taken. So in that original incident, and it stores it away for future use. 
And it is that that continues to run. So I like to say most of the time we have a five-year-old that is running the, the ship, right? <laughs> That's scary. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Uh-huh. But it's true. We upgrade our language, but our patterning remains very much the same through childhood. So throughout childhood, we're creating lots and lots of patterns. In adolescence, we have a huge burst of pattern making. And then in adulthood, it kind of slows down a little bit. Once the brain has um, reaches adulthood, it has this tendency to believe, I've encountered every situation that I will ever encounter on this planet. <laughs> At that point, uh, it just um, pauses a little bit on that pattern creation. Now, it doesn't mean that your pattern, your brain doesn't create patterns all the time throughout life. It does. Anytime you encounter a brand new situation, your brain has to create a pattern for it. And it does it, you know, with like easily. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we want to do is we want to make that pattern creation systematic rather than spontaneous. Right now, it happens spontaneously whenever you encounter a new situation. But Ideally, we want to be able to control how we create those patterns so that we, anytime we face a situation that doesn't work for us, we have the ability to upgrade the pattern and take a new action. Ooh, I like that. Sounds like a superpower. You know, it feels like a superpower. If I can give you an example that may very much relate to what your listeners are going through, and I write about this in the book Shift, um, I had one woman who came to me and she had a terrible pattern of clutter. So her house was extremely messy and she tried everything. In fact, you know, every once in a while she would just give up and she would hire a dumpster and she would just literally throw everything in the garbage. Mm -hmm. And she did this three times. And each time, you know, she said to me, and when she came to me, she said, Adele, like my house is like the Bermuda Triangle. Everything just gets lost in it Mm -hmm. because she had so much clutter that she couldn't find things. And so she would buy the same item over and over and over again. You know, she had 12 calculators at one point when she was throwing things in the dumpster. Um, So anyway, so we just worked on her pattern. I said to her, okay, let's stop trying to fix the clutter. And instead, let's just change the underlying pattern that is causing the clutter. And so I gave her a four-step technique that she did in the privacy of her own head. And she just kept applying that towards everything that she thought about when it came to the clutter. And I can explain that a little bit deeper in a minute. What happened was... At one point, the brain just creates a brand new pattern. And at that time, she just started taking new actions. And she was cleaning, but she wasn't even realizing really that she was cleaning. It it came that effortlessly to her because patterns take action and she now had a new pattern. So I called her up one day and I said to her, you know, and this was just a check in just months after we had been working together. I just called her and just said, how's it going? She said, great. I said, what are you up to? She said, I'm cleaning. I said, oh, <laughs> I said, she said to me, I love cleaning. And I went, wow, like there is an upgraded pattern. She had completely forgotten about how she was before and how effortful it felt to be using control. And she was just now in the space of, yeah, of course, that is who I am. That is what I do. Wow. So thinking about patterns then, why, if we haven't upgraded them and we're still operating uh, with our, you know, patterns that were created during childhood. Why are they so strong? Like, um, 
you know, to the point where they over override willpower because I think some people have pretty serious willpower to do things, but like these patterns create, created in childhood, how are they stronger than our willpower? Yeah, that's a great question. So what neuroscience has now determined and what we need to know about neuroscience is that um, modern brain scanners today are different from how we used to have brain scanners in the past. It used to be very invasive to look inside the human brain. But, you know, in the last 30 years, those brain scanners now can peek inside the brain in a very non-invasive way. And that's why we're learning so much about the human brain. So neuroscience now is an explosive field of research. Um so what, what neuroscience is now determined, and this comes out of a study by John Dylan Haynes, who was working at the time at Max Planck Institute. And what he determined is that an action that you are taking is already predetermined by the unconscious regions of your brain up to seven seconds before you know you're going to take that action. Now, I'm just going to pause and repeat that for a minute. Yeah, I need to hear that again. Yeah. If we hooked your brain up to a brain scanner, and that brain scanner could see what the brain is doing, what you would notice is that the scanner would know what you're about to do up to seven seconds before you know you're going to take that action. So that's remarkable. Yeah. I like to say, you know, you want to know why your hand is in the cookie jar. It's because you didn't choose to put your hand in the cookie jar. Your pattern chose on your behalf. And that pattern is already moving you in that direction before your conscious mind says, I want a cookie. Now that to know that tells us that we must stop trying to use willpower in order to get to our goals. It's ineffective because you're already in action. The train has left the station. Now you're trying to hang on to the bumper car and go come on back into the yeah. station, but it's already rolling. So, um, you know, so to work in that way is so much more effective. Let's give up this idea that we have free will. Frankly, it doesn't work anymore for us. And we can see this, like you can see it in your own life. If you're struggling to do something and you don't have a pattern to do it, it is extremely effortful. And it comes with a lot of fear. It comes with a lot of anxiety. It comes with a lot of frustration, a lot of irritation. That's because your brain is trying to work against the grain. It's not because there's anything wrong with you. You're just lacking a pattern to take that action effortlessly. But now think about something that you do all the time, something that your brain has a pattern for, and it's just effortless. Well, mm -hmm. that ideally is how the brain operates and how we need to be taking all action, not just some actions. That's absolutely fascinating. And it's funny because there's, there's things that... Uh, Beck and I have suggested previously with clients or we've talked about on the show um, when we talk to people about habit change and we say, you know, the greatest way to change a habit is to attach it to an existing habit. Or, you know, if you, there's something new you want to introduce into your life, if you want to um, start having an extra glass of water every day, what's one thing you do every day that feels effortless or easy and it might be that you... Um, uh, open the, the kitchen windows when you first wake up in the morning. So you attach the extra glass of water to that existing habit and it's much more likely to stick than if you just say, oh, I'm going to have an extra glass of water at 10 a.m., you know, and create an entire new new habit out of out of nothing. Um, but I, I never really understood <laughs> why it worked. I just knew that it worked. But what you're saying there is that that, that behaviour that we've already got, that effortless pattern, 
is the ideal and that the things that we are trying to do, the new goals, the new achievements should be, we, can, we need to rewire them so that they happen in that same effortless format, I guess. Yes, exactly. Okay, let's go one step further because it's a little even more nuanced than that. The, the fact that you need to have a glass of water is already known to you. And that is a known solution that mm. you're aware of. Therefore, it's easy to say, okay, yes, I, I need to drink more water and to find ways to take that action. But what happens when you don't know the solution? I like to say, if you had the solution inside a brain pattern, you wouldn't have the problem. Mm. So I'm going to repeat that again. If we have problems in life, it is typically because we don't know what to do. And so it's one thing to say, okay, I know what to do and therefore I'm going to do it. But it's another thing to say, wow, I don't know what I'm supposed to do right now at all. So how do I get to the answer? Well, that is why we need to remove patterns. I like to say we need a method of subtraction, not a method of addition. Right. Okay. So it's not just about adding new patterns. It's about deleting the old ones as well. Exactly. Now, as soon as you delete the old pattern, then your brain does what your brain does best, which is problem solve. So the human brain is designed to solve problems. But as long as it's got an old pattern in that brain that is requires an upgrade and that old pattern is taking an old action, there is no room for anything new. So we have to start subtracting first. Once we remove all those old patterns, now your brain can just easily come up with new solutions because there's lots of information that is in the unconscious regions of your brain that the conscious mind is unaware of. And it is there that it will tap into when it needs to find a brand new pattern. Tell me if I'm making sense, Tara. Yeah, this yeah. Is, okay. no, it's perfect. Um, so, I mean, I don't want you to give away the entire premise of your book here because you know, like we said, it is very complex and to try and condense it into a short podcast is um, is, is tricky and I don't want to oversimplify things, but how, how can we rewire these patterns or um, delete old ones and, and instill new ones in a, in a simplified way? Is it, is it a long process? Is it something we need guidance uh, for or is it something we can do on our own? Great question. So um, it does take six weeks to learn how to repattern the brain. Mm. Um, so six to eight weeks, most people learn the technique and they have understood it fully enough to start repatterning their brain. Some people can do it on their own. Other people require some guidance. And either way, there's nothing wrong with the person if they require a little bit more guidance. It is a tricky technique, as you're saying, initially to learn. Once somebody knows it, though, it's like having the tool in their pocket. Anytime they're faced with a situation that doesn't work for them, oh, great, I know what to do. I All I have to do is repattern it, and the brain does what the brain does brilliantly. It will create a brand new pattern, and you will take a brand new action. So once you're through that for six to eight weeks, um, you know, you can repattern anything. And in my training, I have ways to repattern relationships and conflicts there. I have ways to repattern the past and any past traumas that people have. I have ways to repattern sales, repattern leadership. I mean, honestly, you can apply the technique in any area of your life that's not working. Let me briefly go through the four steps, and this will help people to understand how it works. 
So the first thing you need to think about, I always like to say, think of the brain as an iceberg. And at the top of the water are all of your actions, all of your behaviors, all of your beliefs, conscious, subconscious, don't care, let's put it up there above the surface. Under the water is where your brain's patterns lie. So a brain pattern gives rise to an action, a behavior, or a belief. Okay, now we're going to go under the water and we're going to change those patterns. The first thing somebody needs to do is identify what that pattern is. And so how we how do we know when we're running a pattern that doesn't work? Well, every pattern comes with an intertwined physical sensation, emotion, and thought. When the three aspects of our being come together, it results in a particular action. So let's go with clutter. You know, that woman that came to me and she had a cluttered house. I said to her, okay, just imagine yourself standing in the middle of all of that clutter. How does that feel? Where do you feel that in the body? And what is your one thought? So she said, oh my gosh, like I feel my stomach twisting and my heart just sinks. And my thought is, my emotion is hopeless. And my thought is, I can't fix this. Great. That is a pattern. So we're going to remove that. So step one is to identify that is what Miriam did. Step two is to own it as a pattern. Remember I said your brain is inside a dark, silent room? Mm -hmm. We're going to flip the switch. The problem isn't actually out there. The problem is in the pattern. So to own the pattern, it's very simple. I created that. That's my pattern. Now, as soon as you do that, you'll feel a level of empowerment coming over you. Until then, we feel like victims of our circumstances. As soon as we own our pattern, we start to get, oh, yeah, okay, hang on a minute. It it is happening out there, but it's originating in my brain. That's powerful. The third step is to let go of any resistance. Now, it's to deconstruct this pattern. That is a little trickier to explain fully on this call, but I gift my book. So anybody who's interested is welcome to get a copy of my book for free. All I ask is people pay for shipping. It will explain step-by-step how to do that third step and tease apart that pattern, okay? Once you do that, once that pattern is teased apart, now you're in a position to create a brand new pattern. At that point, your action will be effortless, once you have that brand new pattern, just like Miriam did, you're just cleaning. You're not worried about the clutter anymore. You're not creating the clutter anymore. So that is the four steps. It's identify, own, deconstruct, and then create brand new. And does it work like building muscle? So when you first create a new pattern, is it a little bit a little bit fragile and it doesn't feel completely effortless to start with, but once you consciously, you know, put the energy in and practice that pattern, does it become effortless or is it like that from the start? It's like that from the start. It it literally feels as if you step out of one identity into another. It literally feels like, wow, I don't even remember that I was like that. I can recall fully when I deconstructed my pattern for quitting. It was almost as if I'm looking in my brain, searching for it, going, where did it go? (laughs) It was Mm -hmm. so foreign to me because I couldn't find it. And the idea of quitting just left my brain altogether. I just, it never entered into my brain. And people would say to me after, oh, yeah, didn't you used to quit things? And I'd go, yeah, I did. But it was almost like I was remembering something that was no longer there. It was like trying Mm -hmm. to find it. It was very strange. And that's how it feels. 
you know, like, like Miriam, when I called her and said, what are you doing? And she said, I'm cleaning. I said, oh, how does that feel? She says, oh, I love cleaning. It was just like that. Mm. And it's like that right from the like beginning. Like a real transformation. Yes, yes. So What transformation should be, right? Transformation, yeah. the way we've positioned it, is a lot of effort. And as you're saying, you've got to repeat the habit over and over and over again until the brain builds that pattern. But that's a limited use of the, how the brain actually works. When it comes to decision making, then, I guess we we just take the same approach. If we're struggling to make decisions, then that's that's coming from, you know, previous patterns or ineffective patterns and that kind of thing. And that if we go through the process of recognizing what that is, and pulling it apart, uh, deconstructing it, and then creating a new pattern, then decision making should feel effortless in theory. Yes, that's right. Yeah, people report making decisions with much more ease and much less analysis and need to justify and need to explain and things along that line. Um, in fact, almost every pattern maker experiences that fully. It's like, yeah, like I don't have to overthink my decisions anymore. Mm. I just make them. And again, that is the way the brain is designed. It's designed to just effortlessly to take the correct action as long as we are aligning ourselves with what is actually going on. You see, the problem with past-created patterns, Tara, is that they only know the past. They don't actually know the present situation. They're lacking in context. Mm. And that's what makes decision-making so difficult because we're trying to make decisions based on a limited understanding of what's going on. As soon as we create a brand new pattern, we actually have access to the context of the situation that we're in. And that's what makes decision-making easy. And then would you, once you understood the power of this and, and how to rewire your patterns or create new ones, do you then go on creating new patterns in every situation or yes. you just have you just basically given your brain an upgrade and then the new patterns are set from now and say in five years you need to upgrade again or do you just constantly upgrade daily as um, moments arise and opportunities arise where you need a new pattern you just create a new one yes yes so I always re-pattern every day and every pattern maker that I work with that's what I suggest you do if we stop re-patterning what happens is then the patterns that you are now created so right now every person on the planet typically is running on past created patterns with only very few spontaneous bursts of new patterns upgraded patterns as the brain encounters those brand new situations so mostly we are running on obsolete patterns so when a pattern maker first comes to me and they learn how to repattern their brain, they repattern every day for six to eight weeks. And now their brain is more aligned with what's actually going on in the moment. We have a lot more workable patterns. Now, if the person stops repatterning at that point, then those now patterns will become obsolete. Okay. And, you know, uh, a month, it depends on the person and the situations that they're in. So either a couple of months from now or a year from now, you will be back in that suffering state of effort and, you know, using willpower and all of that stuff. So I like to recommend that it's a two-minute technique. It's done in the privacy of one's own head. 
just keep the momentum going because each time you repattern, your brain is upgrading. And so life becomes much more effortless the more we repattern. And so once somebody has the technique as a habit, and you know, I love what you were saying about attaching it to something because the one hurdle that a pattern maker has to get over is creating a habit for repatterning. Until you have that, you're kind of pushing against the grain. So that is the first hurdle that one gets over. Once you're over that, though, just keep it up. Yeah, uh, it just makes decision making so much easier and life so much easier when you just apply the technique every day, twice a day, you know, and since it's only a two minute technique, it's not a big deal. Yep. And um, it just allows life to run smoothly. And I guess then if once you become effective at it, you would avoid things like procrastination or just right. general avoidance of, of hard situations and problems because you allow your brain to access its amazing ability to problem solve in the moment so you stop putting things off exactly exactly yeah um you know uh, like procrastination what is it let's really look at it because it's not what we think it is we think we are avoiding the situation what we're actually avoiding is the internal feeling that the situation delivers so Mm -hmm. a pattern is an intertwined physical sensation emotion and thought When we think about, say, doing our taxes, which is something that a lot of people procrastinate on, we think we're avoiding the task. What we're avoiding is that internal feeling of irritation or fear or shame or whatever it is that comes over us when we think about taking the task. As soon as we know that, that's part of flipping the switch. That part, that's part of that. I own that pattern. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it, we can take control over that. We can say, okay. I'm not worried about doing the taxes. What I need to do instead is just remove the pattern that doesn't want to do the taxes. Then Mm -hmm. you're just doing the taxes. Yeah, that's great. I love that. So I know we have to wind this up and you've done such an amazing job of, of trying to condense what is a huge topic into something that we can discuss in a half an hour. But do you have any final tips or a takeaway for someone that's struggling today with overwhelm or situations stemming from avoidance or unhelpful decision-making patterns? Is there something people can do today just to start that along the journey of, of making it, you know, more effortless or or start the process of repatterning? Yeah, even just step one by itself is hugely beneficial. It builds a lot of resilience and um, it won't change the behavior, but at least it will allow you to understand why and to stop the blame and shame that our current culture positions people in. So most of us are very used to saying there's something wrong with me. The reason that we say that is because we haven't understood patterns. Mm -hmm. So if you're faced with not doing something that you need to do, procrastinating, or if you're faced with, I don't know what decision to make, instead of trying to solve that, just identify what that pattern is that is causing you to feel that way. So easiest way is to close your eyes when you first learn and just notice, okay, I'm not, I'm supposed to be doing X, Y, Z. I am not. What am I feeling? Where am I feeling that? And what is one thought that's going through my head? 
So if we take the clutter example, you know, standing in the middle of the room and you see all this clutter and you're supposed to be cleaning it, it's like, okay, I feel irritation. I feel that in my stomach and my heart and my head. And my thought is, I don't want to do this. Great. That is a pattern. Mm -hmm. Take a moment, identify it. Just, just observe it. There's nothing you need to do to make it wrong. You don't need to analyze why it's there or understand it. It is just a pattern. So just take a moment and just be with that experience for a moment. If you do that each and every time, it, again, it won't shift the pattern, but at least it will position you in the correct place to take a new action. Mm -hmm. Excellent. I like that. So people will want to know more because I know I did <laughs> when I first encountered uh, you and, and what you were doing. Um, so where can we find you if we want to um, know more about you or buy your book or follow along on your journey and, and what you're doing in the world? Where can we find you online? Well, the easiest place is Google my name, Adele Spragan. You will find all my social media channels and my website there. It's adelespragan.com. Um, if somebody wants a copy of the book, just go to www.shift4steps.com. So that's shift4steps.com, and that is the number four. Uh, there's a link there. You can get some free training, or you can get a copy of my book. Um, so those people who don't like to read, your free training is there. If you enjoy reading, then please, I'd love to ship you a free copy. All I ask is that people pay for shipping. I will make sure we put the links to those in our show notes so that if people want that, they can they can click through from our website um, and access that easily in case you're in a position where you're driving or something and you can't jot that down. But Adele, thank you so much. It has been completely fascinating and I feel like I need to go away <laughs> and sit and think about all of this again, listen to it again possibly. Um, thank you so much for being very generous with your time and your energy and um, enlightening us a little bit about decision-making and patterning. And um, it's been great having you on the show. Oh, thanks, Tara. It's been a pleasure. All right. Well, come and join us in our Facebook community if you want to chat more about decision-making and repatterning. And then we'll be back with you again next week. Thanks for joining us. We'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all your friends about us so that they too can be uncluttered. If you would like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or on social media or on our own websites at rebeccamazino.com.au and basklifecoaching.com.